0: Hi, this is Regilene Sabat, also known as Gigi. You're listening to Walk With Me Podcasts. Today we are going to discuss acting. Subscribe to the new series of Walk With Me Podcasts of 2021. It is available on all major podcast platforms, JRQ TV and YouTube. My guest today is Catherine Franco. Catherine Franco is an actress and I am going to bring her to the stage now. Welcome, Catherine.
1: Hi, Karen, how are you?
0: Fantastic. It is an honor to have you here today.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me on the show.
0: You're welcome. Now, can you start off by telling us about you and where you are from?
1: Yes. So, hi, my name is Catherine Franco. Uh, Gigi, thank you again for having me on the show. This is so much fun, and I love your outfit, by the way. Can I say that out loud? (laughs) She's fierce, everyone. She's fierce. Uh, So, (laughs) Shout out for fierceness. Um, so anyway, I, I am from Los Angeles. Originally, I was born in Beverly Hospital, uh, not Beverly Hills, but Beverly Hospital, which is actually in the Montebello area. So um, I was sort of in that East LA area uh, growing up. And it's funny because in Los Angeles, there's so many pockets of people. So I was surrounded by so much influence of Chinatown and uh, downtown LA. And um, we have little Armenia. We have little Tokyo. We have little everything. And so we have all these little pockets of worlds. And um, I was exposed to all sorts of people and a lot of entertainment in LA. Everybody's grandparent or great grandparent was involved in Hollywood, whether they were just a set builder or, you know, a a stuntman, comedian, whatever. So I grew up in Los Angeles um, to uh, a musician father and a uh, a hippie mom. And uh, they named me Joy. And uh, so kind of that flower child type of thing. I didn't grow up with like a commune and everyone was smoking pot. No, that's not what it was. But, um, but my dad was a musician because his grandmother, uh, his mom, my grandmother, his mother, uh, was a pianist. And his father, Franco, uh, Grandpa Chuli, he was an actor. So it's fun because, uh, hey, walk with Gigi. Nothing can hey, stop yeah your- you.
0: Yes. Thanks for listening
1: Thank you, Benya. So it's funny because she was the accompanist for a audition that he was coming in for. I added an extra syllable to accompanist. Everybody try to say that five times fast and tell me if you do better. Okay. So she was the accompanist for an audition and he uh, was an actor and they fell in love. And that's how my dad came around. And then eventually I grew up in her studio where I was always listening to music and there were actors and just all sorts of people around. So uh, that was my immersion into the world. Yeah. That
0: is absolutely amazing. And tell us more about your experience teaching at the Extra Mile Workshop with the well-known actor, Glenn shower
1: Oh my goodness. Well, <laughs> that's a real step from, from birth to now. Wow. Uh, yeah, that came much, much later. So you know, it's it's funny being from Los Angeles, where it's a major entertainment, uh, it's the entertainment hub, really. In the world, that's changing, but I find it to be really interesting that since uh, the time I was a, a little girl, eventually right before high school, I did move to Texas. I had no aspirations to be an actor. I had hints, <laughs> I had whispers that I ignored unfortunately but i eventually they were so loud i started getting pulled in that direction and and i did finally follow my whisper and got into entertainment but i had been to several acting studios that were fabulous glenn had already been successful and he was opening an actor studio so if you have a mentor or a potential mentor who is actually on television, is actually following his dream, following his whispers, and a success. Of Mm -hmm. course, you want to get in. So um, he was a guest acting coach to a lot of the studios in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And he just felt like there was a mental side that doesn't always get addressed. And he had a mindset that he wanted to share with actors. Because you know what, folks? People talk about this, and I've heard this uh, before, uh, only one other time before, and it was acting is not a dream, it's a profession. It involves a lot of studying, it involves a lot of, of not only studying different books and plays and scenes and genres, it involves human interaction and what makes people tick and what makes somebody laugh, what makes somebody cry what is it that, why is some, why does somebody walk kind of funny, right? Were they a Vietnam vet? Do did, did they have an injury? How does that affect how they feel? Are they self-conscious? You know, you're really learning, uh, you're going deeper into the world of empathy and you're putting on a, a suit of who this person is and you're experiencing it from the heart. Right. Um, And so I think, you know, whenever uh, Glenn got everyone together to just come on in and learn more about his studio, he discussed these things. He said, this is what I want to teach, and I'm not here to compete with any other studio. He's very gracious, very generous. He just wanted to share his wisdom, and that was six years ago, and I... You know, I've learned so much from being a part of his heart-centered school. And eventually he asked me to be a teacher. And I think part of it is because after a scene's done, some people will go to a place mentally or heartfelt, it actually just happened yesterday, where we push them to go that next step and really invest in this character. And maybe that brings emotion. Some people will do one of two things, Gigi. (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's so fun talking to you about this. I don't know if I lost anybody here, but this is so interesting to me. Um, Talk to when when you have a, a scene and you're advocating for this character, and they're you, you've, you've taken it in as an investment to share their perspective and their side and their story. Um, if you're not able to emote, you know, people are like, action, cry, how? there has to be an extreme focus. And some people uh, use imagination, one, or two, they will recall really traumatic events. And I feel like, and we discussed it, if you have to go that route, uh, that would be an absolute last resort. I really don't feel like that's the best way to go because it can really damage you to go backwards. It can damage you to, to hit a PTSD moment. And actors really have to struggle through that. And there are moments where I'm very um, heartfelt. I mean, I, I feel that I am. So I can look at someone and say, hey, are you OK? I feel like maybe you visited a moment that you should maybe next time. I don't want to should all over you, should. <laughs> but maybe let's work through imagination. and when I've gone through very traumatic scenes through imagination, when they yell cut, I feel great afterwards because it wasn't something that I put myself through. I was able to use my imagination to really go there for the character, but I felt like I did my job and me personally, I feel great. I did my job and I can move on and I don't have to take some sort of mind altering drug to get through the rest of the day you know what i mean so there's it's the mind is a very powerful thing and i think you know when you go through a scene it's so interesting because the best scenes the best way that i can explain it to somebody who's not a non creative i think we're all creative um but i mean non creative in this form in terms of being an actor is diving into a pool. Have you ever dived into a pool or, an, or the ocean and you just kind of hear the bloop of the water and there's kind of this this white noise and maybe you can hear other people talking outside of it, but you're, in, you're encased in, in this space that's only yours, okay? When you're in your scene, that's what it feels like. You don't feel an audience, you don't see it you're so focused in and you're creating a moment and a story. We've done stories through music and art forever as humans. And so when you are a vessel for that and you come out of the scene, you don't know what's happened. You don't know if the news is saying, hey, we've got a pandemic. Oh no, that actually happened. You don't know, <laughs> you know, you don't know what's going on in that moment you're just coming out. And so it's a, it's really powerful. And in itself, it feels like a drug. You want to experience that again. It's really interesting. Um, full psychological side that people maybe are not aware of when it comes to this type of art form.
0: I love it. Now, Justin Crane, who's also an actor, he says, acting has been an awesome experience in my life. Being able to relate and portray the character or role one is blessed with requires extensive studying as well as being able to put oneself in the shoes of the character you are portraying.
1: That's correct, Justin.
0: I'm right with you there, brother. Absolutely. And Irene has in from Alaska. Welcome.
1: (laughs) Wow. Hi, Irene. Hi from Texas, y'all. Oh.
0: <laughs> I love it. Now, Catherine, you mentioned the whispers that you heard that led you to acting. Talk to us about those whispers and what you experienced that really helped you to step into your purpose.
1: Thank you. Uh, when I was a little girl, I know that I was kind of a spicy little pepper. Um, I say that about all my my little Latina friends. You know, you're a little spicy pepper because there's that little flavor going on. You know, everybody has a flavor. And from the time that I was two years old, I would use my parents' coffee table as a stage. And when you're two, that's a stage. Uh, And I would dance and, you know, uh, if there was a song on um, TV and there was a commercial, I would be dancing. Um, A lot of my feelings inside was dancing and, Acting, but I was so shy. I never got into uh, anything in terms of like an organized group. My mom took me to a ballet class and I cried the entire time and she pulled me out and never brought me back in.
0: Um,
1: uh, I remember Whoopi Goldberg back in the ghost days. Do you remember that? Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore and no. um, Sister Act. You know, uh, she would do these stand up routines and I would mimic them. I loved her. I just, I just thought she was the greatest, and you know, I just thought she was real smart. She is; she's a very smart woman, um, and she was interesting and provocative and funny, and you know, so I would, I would do some of her routines by myself, with nobody telling me what to do. I danced through the kitchen. Um, I eventually got into drill team, college dance team. Uh, I got into a hip hop team. Uh, in college, uh, I was a vice president of the of the dance team uh, of, of 100 dancers. And then there was an elite group of 12. That was the mosaic dance project. And I was part of that. Dance has always been in my blood. And I guess that was my flavor. Um, <laughs> but I was so shy that dancing was a way for me to express without speaking. So that's, uh, that's kind of how it, it started, but I remember being in my room singing, just all sorts of things that were coming out of me, but I was a hermit because I moved and I moved and I moved. I didn't have a lot of friends growing up because we moved so much. And so it was, I think it was part of my whisper to listen to the yearnings of my soul and all these silly little things that I was doing that people kind of discounted. And because we were moving so around, I didn't have a, i didn't have a family. I had a family, but they were in California. I was in Texas, I was isolated. Um, and this isn't victim speak, this is really just fact, right? It does sometimes take a village or it does take somebody, a mentor to see and recognize some of the things that you bring to the table. Um, so growing up, I think that was very difficult for me Um, Eventually I had um, a very hard time. I got married after college and um, my husband who is now sober was an alcoholic and I just wanted to feel validated and loved and I didn't have that. And I, I felt like I wanted to scream. And the best way I could do that was take a voice lesson. It was a beautiful way to scream and it felt very cathartic just to be able to breathe and exhale and make beautiful music out of it. So I took a class and it led me to an audition for Avida. and I was part of the dance ensemble of Evita. And I learned how to sing and dance on stage. Len Pfluger from New York came in, Catherine Carpenter Cox, Uh, played Avita, and she's incredible she studied at the London Academy of Dramatic Arts and here I am just saying hey let me dip my toe into this I'm surrounded by incredible people Um, and I've mentioned this before you know we worked so hard we worked six days a week several hours a day physically and then you know when we're setting off uh, at home off location it was a constant work it was a constant steady stream of work so at the very end of avida um i remember people were giving each other flowers and cards we're family we all become fam- family after a while because you're working so hard together to create an incredible production and so we were getting cards and flowers and all these beautiful things and this woman gave me a a, a letter and i opened it and it was a paycheck I just looked at everybody and I go, hey, we're getting paid for this. What? Huh? And is this thing on? Hello? And and (laughs) they were just shocked that I was willing to work that hard for nothing. But I was just following my whisper. I was following the gifts that God gave me and using it step by step, inch by inch, you know, just little by little. And somehow it got me onto prison break. I started as an extra, uh, then a stand-in. They had an incredible camera. I mean, the thing looked like, you know, a station wagon. It was a ginormous camera, and it was following me on tracks all the <laughs> way across. They showed me where to step, and I literally had no, no lines at all. I'm standing in for the main star, but they're getting the camera uh, focused in. So when the star comes in, they're ready to go. So it's kind of like a pre-rehearsal. This is also not because the the actor is a diva and they don't wanna do it. It's because this gives them more time to work through their scene and they're focused in on the scene. So when it's time to call action, the crew is ready and the actor is ready. So the stand-in is helping aid that, right? And so having that first taste of the camera and what that felt like to me, it just, it was incredible, and I think that's just part of what's in, in me and in my DNA and my, my blood. And so I started studying from there and honoring my whispers more and more when Glenn uh, was a part of my life, when I became part of the Extra Mile Acting Studio. And it's now called the Extra Mile Working Actor Studio because it's not just about uh, taking a class it's about actually getting jobs working there is no starving artist there's just artists and there's focus and purpose um, and the whisper really does make a difference uh, following it and knowing which direction to go
0: very inspiring Catherine. now tell us more about some of the major challenges you had to overcome in your life
1: i think i think for me just not having a solid foundation of normalcy as a kid you know growing up with uh, parents who were divorced um i didn't come from a lot of money to begin with but that for me never really was an issue i think it's just uh moving so much not having family around um being the new kid in school all the time so it created this shy introverted feeling i never felt seen or heard um And that was really difficult for my confidence. I think confidence is incredibly important uh, for anything that you do. It literally doesn't matter what you're doing in life. If you're a leader, if you're in, and I think everyone's a leader in their own way, in their own field, but confidence is really important. And I think it just takes time to, to, um, for some to really create their own confidence. And whatever it is that's important to them, whatever their calling is. Um, so for me, taking an acting class, speaking in front of a group of people, uh, you know, having a script and memorizing it, and being able to be authentic with your words and what you're what you're conveying, I wasn't able to do that myself as a human being, much less as an artist. So I felt like. Um, being okay with failure was okay with me in terms of when you fail you learn you get back up you learn again you take another little step you take another little step and I just kept at it I kept at it I I I remember I would take a class and we worked on a scene and they would say Catherine say it this way Catherine say it that way okay this literally every line that i said needed an adjustment (laughs) it was so bad gg and so just being able to and it's a constant it's constant it's constant to keep the ego out of the way and being focused on what's the most important thing ego is a killer in all forms i mean it, it ruins everything and it's part of being a human being to self-protect and be right and not look like a fool. And I think it's important to say, I'm human. I'm embracing my purpose. And just keep going for it. And go ahead and find those successes. You will build success. You just got to keep at it. And I think my overcoming uh, the lack of confidence, being shy, the fact that I'm on this show right now is incredible. Hello, folks. Hi. What? How am I here? How am I speaking with Gigi? Oh my gosh. I mean, I, I look at all of your guests and I think, wow, these are incredible human beings. There's are incredible, powerful women. I love what you stand for and your purpose. And I'm using my uh, entertainment as edutainment to be able to bridge people together. I think truly it's important for me to create connectivity with others because i felt so disconnected for so long um, to to other people in general and to be able to nourish myself with self-care bringing beautiful people around me and connecting others building a bridge to connect others i think especially even in our country and in the world we we need to bridge to connect with one another and find unity and love with one another. And I think that's the most important thing that we could possibly do as human beings is just connect, 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 unify. Um, And I I feel that through those obstacles that you mentioned, uh, I see the value of that. I see the value of unifying. I I feel the value of connecting and bridging the gap between people
0: amen now tell us how important it is to have a support system and about your amazing support system in regards to your acting career
1: i think you know when you're feeling down you obviously have to have somebody to lift you up again i think a lot of times ego excluding god out irene you go girl these people from alaska they're amazing i need more of them where are you
0: Yes, yes, Irene. Yes. Um, <laughs> where were we? Um, the support no system.
1: Support system. Yes, and here Irene supporting me, and I'm I get lost. Um, I, you know, I I think mentorship is really very important, and if there's anything I can do to help people within my studio, i I'm, I'm there for them. Uh, I grew up with very strong women single mothers, widows, aunts, you know, they might be 4'11", but they're scary little ninjas and they will take you out. Come on, Gigi, that was funny. Uh, <laughs> um, yes. Since I have really strong women in my life, I, I love with a little bit harder. So I'm a tough love gal, you know? I give all the flowery compliments when they're, when obviously when it's due. Um, and I will push a little bit when I feel that people can do better. And I feel that that is truly loving, um, as I teach and that's my, my style. Glenn is, uh, he has his style, I have mine, but as a whole with the, with the group, you know, I, I could not ask for a better family and we call ourselves the extra mile family because we're just there for each other. Um, We know that we're part of a club that not everybody understands. Not everybody gets art. Not everybody um, is, you know, most of the time family looks at us and they go, huh, why'd you make that joke? Why are you always wanting to be in front of the camera? They don't get the need to be a little cheesy or a little hammy. Um, So we understand each other and uh, I think just having that support pushes us to that next level of purpose. If we're wanting to go to a next level, we surround ourselves with people who are also next level and we learn. So that success is really just, um, it's all about the journey and enjoying it. And the support is, it's invaluable. Amen. Yeah.
0: Enjoy the journey, very powerful. Now, what is your why that keeps you going, Catherine?
1: My why is really honoring myself and knowing that I, I have a um, a platform to help others. You know, I, it's interesting because I might have a incredible message to share with someone. And if I post a picture that looks kind of cute, I'll get a billion likes but nobody ha- not I, I have less likes in terms of something that might be more substantive. And I, I think, wow, that's crazy. And I feel like my why really is OK, um, if people are intrigued by acting or if they're intrigued by what they feel an actress does, it's glitz and glamour or whatever, whatever that uh, facade is that, you know, I think the entertainment world kind of puts out there that it's easy and it's, it's fun. And it's about, you know, what are you wearing? What kind of earrings are you wearing, folks? It's not about that. But if it's, if it's something that draws people in, then I find that to be powerful. I feel like there's a leadership role in that. And I can use that to the benefit of others. Um, And just connect, connect.
0: Amen. And now, how important is your relationship with God to you?
1: I feel that I cannot do anything without having him guide me. Uh, every morning I do a morning prayer and meditation. I ask for guidance. Most of my meditations or devotionals really talk about trusting and leaning on on him and being connected. So I feel like it's important to just spend time with yourself in quiet, having some quiet time. It's funny, I was doing a devotional this morning and my brain was like, I I gotta get with Gigi today. Do I have everything ready? And all these different things were happening in my mind. And the actual scripture was talking about leaning and focusing on him and Hello, Helenique. Hello. Pay attention. Hello, Helenique. Ooh, what a neat name. Beautiful. I would would pay you $25 if you could pronounce her last name correctly.
0: (laughs) Helenique, you have to pronounce that one for us.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea. Um, So it's so funny how, you know, everybody uses that, that expression, squirrel, where you're just, you know, where the dog is you know, coming up and there's a squirrel and all of a sudden we it has no idea what it was doing. It was just like all these distractions mm-hmm. and staying focused is tough, even in my meditation. So it's it's kind of funny to think about human nature and, and what we prioritize, but we really can't do anything without at least acknowledging some sort of higher power. Um, not everybody is uh, someone who believes in God, and that's that's totally okay. Everybody has their journey in everything they do. I did not grow up going to church. I went every once in a while. It wasn't a priority um, with with my family growing up. My dad taught me the Lord's Prayer. There was some some of it in there, um, but I found it on my own, and I feel like. I feel like that's a blessing because it's a conviction that I've I've created. It wasn't forced or pushed. Um, and not to say if you grow up with it, it is pushed or forced. It's just, it was something that I was uh, able to hold on to from a really young age. And again, I moved around a lot. I was lo- very lonely growing up and I feel like having God guide me through the years, I just know that he is my constant. He's my constant, and he's always guided me. So, you know, from East LA to teaching at Glenmore Showers Acting Studio and being on commercials and feature films—I mean, hello, God! Somebody's looking out for me. In Dallas, Texas, of all places—it's not like I'm in LA. <laughs> How important is God? I don't know. My whole life, like, it's awesome. It's wonderful. Yeah.
0: Amen. Very powerful. Now, was there a time in your life journey where you experienced an aha moment?
1: Oh, so many good ones. My aha moment. I feel that my, I have a lot of aha moments and I feel that with my bridge and connectivity feeling that I've been feeling for a while as I'm Connecting with God and asking him to show me the way to light my path in what direction I can be as a service to others. I just feel like this bridge and connectivity is is constantly hitting me in my heart, you know, connecting, connecting, connecting. So my aha moment, I think, is having been a kid in preschool, elementary school, and um my early years in East LA and seeing people who were full of love and great people but didn't have tons of money and um there was some there was some crime and um graffiti and all of those things and then moving to Calabasas where everyone had everything they were wealthy They had the best cars. All the 16 year olds got uh, BMWs and Mercedes. And, uh, but there were drug problems there too. And uh, just experiencing both, you know, a a wealthy world and, and a not so wealthy world. And then moving to Texas, we moved initially to a very rural town. People were country, they were good people, but they had no experience with, other ethnicities and cultures and um, their worldview was a bit in a bubble and all these little bubbles, my aha moment, just look, you know, at, at one point it was just people are people, but we're exposed to different things within our bubbles. And how do we connect to one another and unify and love and, um, I see that there is benevolence and, and good. There's everybody has a drive, whatever they find is more important than, than another group. You know, I know Hispanics, it's all about family. It's family, family, family. And there's not even a lot of friends. I mean, there are friends, but everybody parties together. That's family. Right. And then another group, maybe the Calabasas group is all about work. It's just like work, work, work colleagues and, you know cocktails and you know that and then you've got you know the the country folk who's just like we're going to the rodeo we're going <laughs> to hang out and do a barbecue and they have and that's their world and that's and that's okay like everybody are everybody's uh living their life and that's great for them and and uh i feel like we can learn from each other i feel like i've learned from each group, that there are beautiful things in all of these groups and to love and accept everyone and not say, oh, well, that's what you do. Well, I just don't get it. I'm gonna sip my martini and judge you. (laughs) You know, and I think for me, that was an aha moment. It's just, we're all in different bubbles, but we're all the same in our own way.
0: Amen, very powerful. Now tell us more about what gives you happiness in your life, Catherine.
1: Oh my goodness. My husband brings me happiness in my life. I'm grateful. We've worked so hard for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> and and we've fought, we fought for our love, we've fought for each other, and um, in a beautiful way, he brings me happiness. I, I feel like when you fight hard for people you love, or things that you love. I fought for my dad, you know, we were um, pulled apart at a young age and there was some there's a lot of um, hurt feelings there. And just, you know, not judging the hurt, but connecting and connecting and fighting to connect and not fighting in in a, what somebody would think in a traditional sense, but more of I'm going to call you, I'm going to write you letters. I'm gonna let you know I care. I'm gonna come visit you. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a, a, a therapy, therapy course. I'm gonna do what I can to connect and fight so that you know that I love you and I'm gonna work hard so that we will connect so you know my heart. Um, you can say it, but to really work through, hey, look, everybody has a raw spot and to them, that's real for them. It may be a fabrication due to past experience, but it's real to that person. So for me to be sensitive to a raw spot and and acknowledge that this hurts me, I know it, that hurts you, and that's a valid feeling. Let me uh, connect with you and find that bridge. Um, so I've had to I've I've done that with all of my loved ones. And I think that's really, really important is to look outside of your own raw spot and see, okay, is this me? Yes, part of it can be a reality, but am I just extra sensitive? And what's the ultimate goal? It's just to love each other again and enjoy life and be together. Right. And I think being an actor, you're having to take on another person's perspective that you don't agree with and find a reason to agree with it so you can advocate for them. And I feel like that helps me as a human being look to other people and say, if I were them, like really them, what is their perspective? And oh, I can see how that may have been hurtful or painful to them from their perspective. And how can I connect? How can I bridge that gap? And so that's my platform, um, I think, to moving forward. One of the beautiful things that's coming is I I have a possible podcast in the works where where we're talking about it. And I just feel like this connectivity is so important because we can use it in every aspect of our lives. I mean, it's just so, so important for us to connect and love one another.
0: Amen. Yes, ma'am. Now, speaking of roles, tell us more about your upcoming features expected to premiere on Netflix and Amazon in 2021: Potter's Ground and Redstone. About the characters you are playing.
1: Yes. Oh my goodness, that's so exciting! And and you just saying that out loud, I'm just like, is that me? That's me, right? Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. So Potter's Ground is coming out. It should be coming out this year in 2021. And, um, that is the first feature film that I've had come out live stream. I've had other feature films before, but this is, um, I'm sorry. In streaming, um, where I'm a lead character and I have a Mexican accent. I've, I've never, I don't have a Mexican accent. I probably should, I don't know if I should or shouldn't, but I, I don't have one. Um, so I really had to work hard for dialects and, and that sort of thing. But this, this particular movie is a Western thriller. There is a character named Sully and he is, uh, he's, he's a guy who was in the army and worked with uh, a few of his little banditos. Uh, and they all went out and they worked together and bonded and then later on they became... Um, They became summoned by the, uh, I think it was the lieutenant, who needed them to find an amulet. There were four pieces of an amulet, and the pieces brought them to gold. And the union had one of the pieces, they had another piece, and there was another uh, couple still missing. And that was their job, is to go out and find this amulet. And because these guys had worked together, they were really successful in the war, but they were retired now. They were summoned to go out there. Well, all these Caucasian guys didn't know anything about all of the uh, the folklore and the history and the culture of where this was coming from. But it was coming from um, like a, like a Mexi Indian type of culture. And they found Olorosa, who is me, to um to guide them into where the other pieces were um and so i'm a guide and um i asked them for money in return actually i tried to steal the the piece that they did have and then they kind of told me you have to you have to do this or we'll kill you and i said okay i I don't want to be dead so let's do that um, so Dolorosa is a strong woman. She's a crusader. She is working to help these guys so that she can, you know, have money for her, for her family. Um, and it's been a while, uh, we shot this in 2019 in Kentucky and in Tennessee, and we shot this in February. It was like in the thirties at night and <laughs> in the middle of nowhere uh freezing our buns off at shooting this film. I'm around all these civil war reenactors. I've got a corset on. I'm trying to breathe. There's like, you know, frost coming out of our noses and our mouths. It was a lot of work, but it was it, it was so weird and so fun. Um and then I'm, you know, I've got this this Latin accent, this Mexican accent that I'm I'm hoping is coming through okay. <laughs> So it was quite challenging to play this role, um, but I'm excited to see how how it it turned out. Um, it's going to be so much fun. And then Redstone uh, Redstone is a also a thriller, um, and it's it's got Neil McDonough in it. You guys, Neil McDonough is that very handsome, ice blue eyed gentleman with white hair. He was. A, He was in Band of Brothers, Suits, and he plays a character that kind of goes rogue and uh, takes matters into his own hands. And his boss is Jed Haywood, who is played by Michael Cutlets. Michael Cutlets was the redheaded gentleman in The Walking Dead. Do you guys remember him? Uh, Anyways, he plays my dad, believe it or not. So I have a redheaded dad, me, with my complexion. Uh, <laughs> and so um, that was a film with movie stars, like legitimate television and movie stars. And I have a featured role in that. It was the first time I've been on set where I'm working with some, with some big dogs and staying focused and getting the ego out of the way and just getting my work done, that was, that was a thing. And I got to exercise that with Redstone. So um, that was an incredible experience. And it wasn't in the 30s. And I wasn't uh, up to my elbows in mud in the middle of the night. So I just felt like that was a breeze. It was so easy in terms of the elements. But I I will say this to you guys, folks. I understand why Hollywood is Hollywood and why everybody shoots in Southern California. The weather is amazing. The weather, you have no idea when you've got equipment and three-wheelers and mud spattering everywhere, when you're in the middle of some, like, middle America or, you know, some (laughs) random place, you're like, ah, this is why we go to Southern California to shoot Westerns. Um, But I think, again, through anything that's difficult, everything else becomes easier, right? So it just builds your character and um, it makes you a a better person, better actor, better tougher person.
0: I love it. Now, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness?
1: I truly feel like connecting with God or connecting with your higher power or meditating because as it's quiet in your mind, a word will surface or a thought will surface that makes sense to you. And then you know what your purpose is. You know what's going to drive you. If it's constantly nagging, if it's constantly at you, just, it won't stop in between going to the grocery store and, you know, running to make breakfast or laundry or whatever it is that's, that is also nagging you. I think it's important to, I use the word fight, but fight for your peace, fight for your tranquility fight for having some you time because once we re-energize ourselves, then we have the energy to love and take care of everyone else. If you overextend yourself, then we're just cranky and we don't know what our purpose is. And it's just crazy. So take the time to connect and, and the universe will show you what your purpose is and where you need to go. I truly mm-hmm. believe Amen.
0: Amen. Very inspiring. Catherine, thank you so much for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. Now, where can the audience find you?
1: Oh, my goodness. You can find me on Instagram at Catherine J. Franco. You can find me at Facebook.com slash (laughs) Catherine Franco. Hi, I'm Catherine Franco. If you didn't get that, I'm Catherine Franco. Where else can you find me? You can find me on IMDB uh, under Catherine Franco with a K, -K K-A-T-H-A. R I N E. Um, and so IMDB, you can find me. I'm revamping my website. So we're going to get that up going soon. It's just under construction. And um, more news on podcasts ahead. I've been very, very blessed to have incredible people like you, Gigi, who are spreading the love, giving back to their fellow man. And um, wow, I would love to be your colleague and be on a podcast at some point myself.
0: I love it. Thank you, Catherine. Now, ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Catherine at the IMDb link, Facebook and Instagram on the description of this video. And Catherine, again, thank you. I appreciate you.
1: Thanks, Gigi. Have a wonderful day.
0: You too. Bye.